Hey, NASL fans, we have exclusive audio taken from a recorder that was in Stefano Pino's room when he was approached to join Minnesota United FC. We are so excited to bring you this exclusive audio. Oh my god, it will blow your mind. Take a listen now. There is no escape. Don't make me destroy you. Stefano, you do not yet realize your importance. You only begun to discover your power. Join me and I will complete your training. With our combined strength, we can end this destructive conflict and bring order to the NASL. I'll never join you! If only you knew the power of the Deathloom. Leo Mora never told you what happened to your career. He told me enough. He, he told me you killed it. No, I am your father. Yo, Manny, that's a little bit weird, bro. Search your feelings. You know it to be true. No! Coming to you from the Twin Cities, this is Toughcast. Greetings, kids. Welcome to the final Toughcast of 2015. Oh my god, Jeff, the year is over. It is. How are you doing? I'm going to start with that this time. Oh, you, you hey, understand. I you remembered. Care. I know. Oh my god, I, I'm just touched. That's how I'm doing, Jeff. I'm touched. How was your Christmas? It was good. It, it was, was good. St. Cloud, doing okay? Yep, went up to St. Cloud. My Russia trip got cancelled, sadly, but... Went to St. Cloud for about a week, then, I mean, headed back here, and I've just been around here ever since, so. How about you? Good to have, a, good to have your, I don't know, a break, I guess, finally? You don't really take breaks, do you? I don't. This is actually the busiest time of the year for me professionally, and, uh, but I did make the time to go off to Chicago for a few days. I went off to Pipestone, Minnesota for a couple of days, too. Small town Minnesota is a place called Pizza Ranch. Great, great pizza. They oh, have yeah. dessert pizza? They do, yeah. They're the cinnamon, like, fritter pizza or whatever. Yeah, it's girlfriend great. loves it. Yeah, it's pretty oh, crazy. Yeah, yeah. Pipestone, Minnesota. Great place, great place. Uh, I didn't also, go bar hopping there, though. Apparently, the Legion there has an amazing, amazing bar. Yeah, no, the Legion has a pretty decent bar there. You also actually had something printed over the last... Since we took a break, you had something up on Northern Pitch. Yeah, I did. I had, I wrote my piece about Abby Wambach. I converted my lunatic rantings into some semi-coherent English, and I wrote it up, and it, it got a little bit of attention. I'm pretty happy. All I cared about with that one was just getting my feelings out there. Now that they've been dealt with, I can live a productive life and contribute to society once more. See, that's all that matters. You just need to have your feelings out there. And really, really, it really does. Speaking of feelings, uh, iTunes hasn't told me how they feel about our new iTunes feed yet. So it's not been approved. So this one's still going out on the old feed. Hopefully, fingers crossed, in 2016, iTunes will approve my new feed. And we can have Tafkas coming through loud and clear to all you boys and girls in a much better, well, same format. <laughs> so, since the last time we recorded a couple of weeks ago, USL San Antonio, that's managed by Spurs, had this big gala announcement. Gordon Hartman, owner of the San Antonio Scorpions, was there. He basically, it's they they said San Antonio is going to be USL next year. The NASL's press release boldly said the NASL is working with Gordon Hartman to determine the future of the San Antonio Scorpions. Essentially, I think that implies more that they're planning to move the franchise and keeping it in San Antonio. There was a bunch of like farewell tweets and infographics about how great the Scorpions had been released. So, so they're they're gone. Just remains to be seen if there's a Las Vegas Scorpions or whatever. Right, but no, I mean this is something that's been rumored for quite a while. The uh, the Spurs 
purchasing happened somewhere in early November, if I recall. So it's it's been just kind of a slow, gradual process, but it didn't surprise anybody from what I could gather. So no, it's been it's been dragged out for so long. But what surprised me was that Landon Donovan actually signed all the balls that were offered as early uh re-signing benefits to season ticket holders for the Scorpions. So Which I, I thought was hilarious still. And then didn't we decide that he like hired Freddie Adu to um to do the ghost signings of these so that he would have something. <laughs> I think we talked about that once, but good good for Landon. Good to hear that he's uh, following through with signing autographs. I'm I'm happy that the Scorpions, even though they're going away and refunding their season ticket holders, that they're um making kind of kind of staying true to their word, you know? Yeah. So, but anyway, that's enough time on teams that are dead. We should talk about the fact that New York Cosmos uh, signed backup goalkeeper Kyle Zobeck for the next season. Again, he's back. Uh, the world will never be the same again seeing Kyle Zobeck back in in the New York Cosmos. Hmm. Hmm. I got nothing. No, yeah. I don't either. Cosmos did get academy status for their U12 academy, which is just one more in a long step of moves that we've seen the, the Cosmos do to kind of shore up their, I guess... Uh, the mean person in me wants to say empire, but really it should be said they're footballing apparatus. And they're doing quite well with that. There isn't an NASL team that has anything comparable in bringing in a U12 academy. Uh, going on, I mean, for further steps, they they really yeah. set a solid base and looking towards the future and keeping it as a long-term thing rather than relying on bringing in 35-year-old Spanish strikers every year. <laughs> you know, that's not the model they want to go for. And that's, that's great to see because... Yeah. Being the the flagship team in a league, you know, like it or not, that's the truth. And as that's the case, they could get away with just kind of a year-to-year getting 12-month contracts out to people and then cutting 90% of their roster, keeping 10%. But it doesn't look like that's the case. And I'm really encouraged to see that. Not as much for that team, because they'll be fine either way with that brand. But it's great for the league to see that that's the precedent set. So just a couple of other things that we've seen them do is have their academy affiliate programs or smaller academies in the New York area. You've also seen them bring in guys like Haji Wright who were saying, look, I want to go off to Europe. And then when time comes for these guys to shop around, not standing in their way, they said the same thing with Walter Restrepo. Joe Savarese, the coach there, said, we want to make a place where players feel welcome to come and we're not going to we're stand in their way of their ambitions. But um, so, so, so they're, they're getting a little bit of attention for that. Mm -hmm. It is one thing worth noting, though. Both the Red Bulls and NYCFC obviously have academies as well. And New York is a big city, but that's still two other teams drawing from that pool of talent. So I'll be curious to see how it goes, but it's a very encouraging step, if if nothing else. They also, the Cosmos, have three preseason games in California announced. The first one is against an Armenian first division side, Arat Yerevan FC. It's going to be on February 20th. The really cool thing about this is that they are the most popular side in the side in the Armenian first division. Now, those of you who have been paying attention to your Wikipedia bios know that Leko Skandarian, <laughs> who is a assistant coach at New York uh, Cosmos and the head coach of their PSL squad, he's Iranian-American. So, he made a few statements about how this was really cool for the Armenian community in the United States to see this team playing in front of them. The The team is also coached by the guy who coaches the Armenian national team as well. So it's so kind of kind of cool international little link there. Mm-hmm. On the 24th of February, they're going to play the Fresno Fuego Tortilla Extreme. Uh, I'm sorry, man. It's just a Spanish word, but I've only seen Fuego with like takis. You know, those delicious little like yeah. Turn tortilla wafers. I've you never seen eating. anyone use the word fuego seriously. 
I'll no, put it that way. Well, I mean, not ESPN, even in Spanish for a well, probably I hope so. But in in like ESPN for a while had a thing where everyone would say like it's en fuego, and that was like their way of saying basketball right. is cool. So I don't know. There's some cool. there's Those some guy know. in uh, in Mexico being like, oh yeah, the Pachuca Flamin' Hots are coming and playing. You know, I uh, wish see, I wish that there was like the equivalent of that, just the, like the Hots. Yeah, there, there's some like in, two insensitive podcast hosts in Mexico, like two Liga MX fans are going like, <laughs> and yeah, these guys, the the Flamin' Hots. Have you ever heard of anyone use the word Flaming Hot? Seriously, and what a funny word. It's meta. I've only seen yeah. Chester's use the word Flamin' Hot. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so they're going to play the Fresno Fuego for the P- PDL team on fe- February 24th. They're also going to play the San Jose Earthquakes on uh, 27th of February. I didn't know the Earthquakes had won two MLS Cups, dude. Yeah, they had. I mean, there's the one that I remembered, which was the first one, which is the one that Landon helped lead a, made one of probably the best comeback in MLS history mm. uh, against Galaxy. But then there's, um, yeah, they won one with Wando in like 2011. It was just totally out of left field. 2011? Is that... Right? No. I think it was 01 and 03. Wow, okay. You're no. supposed to be the NASL talent here, man. The MLS, I'm no, the NASL, I'm thinking of the oh, Shield. The nope, they won the Shield in this decade. Dude, if you and don't have this trade. and burned. That's we're going to crash and burn next next year or when or 2017 when, when Minnesota United goes to MLS. You might have we... to start like pulling your weight, man. Oh my god! You I'm might have just, to like, lays my way through this, That's Jeff. You're killing too me. Bad. Yeah, no, they won the. Um, just to clarify, they did win the Supporter Shield, and um, okay, it did not go much further than that. They lost to the Galaxy. So. Okay, okay. Well, Mr. Don Ovan has joined the ownership group of NPSL San Diego Flash, mm-hmm. which everyone is like, "Oh my god, Landon Donovan joining the lower team is this good side for NASL to pick?" I'm like, "Relax." It relax. doesn't. Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't really mean it. I mean, no matter what, the ownership decisions are going to go to Hattrick Rick. So there's only so much he can do. <laughs> Moving along, Miami FC. Uh, in that that is the NASL Miami team. I feel like I have to say that every time. You know, like uh, MLS fans, every time I have to be like, yeah, that's the US first division, and like be really defensive. I have to be defensive. Be like Miami FC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The mm-hmm. the, the NASL team, not Beckham squad. I just want to say, I think it's disgusting that mls in every press release will call them miami beckham united well that's the name of the company i'd rather that but, what did you have them call themselves uh, i mean just f- uh, sacramento i don't know that's <laughs> <laughs> that's good that's, that's my good. Pre- that's my preference yeah uh... fair. <laughs> fair enough though um but yes miami fc of the nasl has added a few players. Um, let's see. Less notably, I suppose, David Sierra is David. going there. We're going with uh, his... Uh, He's from Spain. Yeah, of course. He played for Real Madrid's academy and their D team. We're going to call him... Uh, yeah, David Sierra. <laughs> He's going to Miami FC. He'll probably be their goalkeeper. Minnesota liked scoring on him last year. So, hey. That, that's great. I mean, uh, they also signed a 31-year-old named Dario Sivitanich Acic Witchwitch. That's true. Sponsored by Witch Witch. He exactly. does corner kicks. Yeah. There's a lot of Witch Witches in there, right? Really, yeah. Yeah. So Sivitanich has been at Boca Juniors, Ajax, Nice, Pachuca. He's not awfully old, which is good. Mm-hmm. And he's, uh, but, he, but he only played 14 games for Pachuca between 2014 and 2015. So that's a season and a half. And 14, so, 14 games in a season and a half. That's, you know, sub appearances here and there. But I don't know. I mean,. Those are some pretty impressive teams that he's played for. Not necessarily, I mean, you're not looking at like, oh, the Real Madrid's all-time leading scorer, but playing in France, playing yeah. for Ajax, you know, playing for Boca Juniors. It's not bad. 
So. No, not at all. So cool if, if he's able to come in and basically find a, a healthy spree and is able to really turn it on, kind of like Ibsen, you know, who came in and everyone abroad was saying like, oh, he's okay, whatever, he's done some like cool things in the past. But hey, guess what? He's the best player in the league last year. He was. Arguably, no, he absolutely so. was. Arguably. Anyway. So, yeah, um, let's see. Alessandro Nesta had a pretty substantial article written about him for ESPN FC that came out today as we're recording this on the 29th. Um, a couple quotes from that. It was just kind of looking at how he's ready to coach. He likes the American soccer structure. What he says he likes is that um, in Italian football, all you see are the usual defects, clubs making losses, players not getting paid, rules that don't exist, or rules getting twisted. But here in America, there's a respect for the rules. Just ask Sepp Blatter. He, he said some uh, inflammatory stuff about oh, Sepp the U.S. Right? Yeah, 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 he was just like, you know, if I had given them the World Cup in 2022, I would still be in power. It's always like he's in the room. It is. Oh, he he just left. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's fine. And then today, actually, just sorry, Sepp Blatter has suddenly become one of the most fascinating. He, or he always has been, but he's just a fascinating guy. Today, he had something come out where he was like, I feel like FIFA has abandoned me. <laughs> and that was it. He soon he'll be standing outside FIFA headquarters with a speaker above his head and right. like a long overcoat hanging. And my thought is like, yeah, dude, they banned you for eight years. Of course yeah. they abandoned you. You are you were taking bribes and you were corrupt as hell. Although, so is probably everyone else's FIFA. But anyway, move, getting back to Mr. Nesta, I was impressed that they dug out a picture for this article where Paolo Maldini was, it was his like first, or it was Nesta's first Italian training camp and Paolo Maldini's like, pointing dramatically in a different direction, helping Nesta, like, learn. And mm-hmm. the article title was something like, Nesta, happy to be reunited with Maldini, you know? Yeah. And, and there are rumors that Maldini is going to be the next AC Milan coach. Really? There, yeah. So, so he's not going to suit up in the final for them? Not the final. I don't know, probably semi-final, second leg, 80th yeah. minute. But, I, was, yeah. I was looking forward to Ronaldo versus Maldini. Pat Ronaldo versus Maldini in the NASL <laughs> final next year. That was that was like what I was looking forward to. I guess not, man. <laughs> is What's Fat, the use is, of these like famous owners if they don't line up? <laughs> is Fat Ronaldo like the Brazilian equivalent to Fat Albert? He should have a TV show, right? They really should. We'll yeah. copyright that so they can't do it. Hey, by the way, Great. what's up with the Liga MX schedule, dude? I was trying to make sense of it, and it took us like an hour to figure out how it works. Most of our prep time actually went to trying to figure out how soccer in Mexico possibly could work because they have like five seasons and six different leagues and four different champions throughout this whole thing i don't know you spent i think at a certain point i was just like all right i'm just gonna read this espn sc article as best i've been able to figure out they have an apertura and closura like i don't know if those correspond to fall and spring anyway they have a fall and spring season and whereas the nasl is spring and fall liga mx is fall and spring however i want to point out both seasons have the equal length in mexico Okay. They're both the same length. I just want to like make sure we know that because I think everyone knows pretty well how I feel about the spring-fall split. Carry on. And even if it didn't, you just heavily implied what you think about anyone who has half a brain. Correct. But yeah, so so they have these the fall and spring, and then they have a playoff at the end. Except for me, all I'd read in the news was the Liga MX final. It wasn't like the Liga MX like Closura or Apertura final. Which, come on, guys. Be specific about such stuff. Otherwise, you confuse people with little minds like myself. Mm-hmm. All right, moving along to uh, Little Minds. Uh, strikers 
have signed a buttload of players. A metric buttload, I believe, is the the correct phrase. Right, right. Measurement-wise. People might think this is the old English buttload, which was when a very large man stood in front of a scale and lifted his buttocks onto it. But ever since Churchill has passed, then instead it's been talking about the metric system. Yes, it it was inconvenient to have a recreation of Churchill's buttocks be brought out as a standard measurement. So they've produced the metric buttload. Mm -hmm. And... uh, the first player that they signed, well, well, this is not in any order. The most interesting guy they've signed is a 26-year-old U.S.-born guy who plays for the Peruvian national team. His name is Aurelio Sacco Vertiz. Three games played for Peru in uh, 2009, so not exactly a stalwart of the Peruvian national side. But he's there. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a defender. Yeah, he was a... I'm trying to remember who he played for a few years back. But, you know, he was promising he rated for a few different scouts and whatever and people thought he was gonna do very well and now he's here so and he's only 26 so he's got plenty of years left ahead of him too so who knows might be fun the next guy though is a confusion confusion maker Luis Zapata now his career started out really well he spent seven years at Milanarios in Colombia and he, he went to a couple of Colombian squads he spent some time in Caracas in Venezuela and now well, in in 2012, he turned up in Colorado. He played like 26 games, so he was good, mm-hmm. quote-unquote. And then he just fell off the face of the earth. He played one game in 2013 for the Chicago Fire Reserves. And that's Since it. Since then, radio silence. Yep, we haven't found a single thing about what he did for the rest of 13 or 14 or 15. But here he is. He's a left back. The, you saw how I struggled to find a left back for the toughest 11 this past year. So maybe we found it already. And that would be a yeah. strikers candidate, even though they re-signed PC. So that's more likely. But and I mean, we've seen a couple of guys like this. Like I believe Gabriel had also, who the, who's with the strikers and re-signed a contract for next year. Gabriel had also not played for a couple of years. Andre Gotsmanov, who Minnesota United signed and put on the pitch a few times. Mm-hmm. He hadn't played for a couple of years. So we've seen this happen before. All we know, Zapata was off earning a college degree, like keeping up his fitness. We don't really know. And he's had a long career. So maybe he's just going to be a squatty and be okay. Maybe he took a two-year sabbatical in Cambodia. Maybe he did. Took a page out of the Landon book. Yeah, Jurgen Jurgen Klinsmann's really pissed at Luis Zapata for that. I will tell you something. Luis Zapata will not feature in the U.S. national team anymore because of that. (laughs) That's what will do it. He is 33 years old, by the way. And Colombian. Not the youngest dude in the world. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So there's that. Um, (laughs) They also signed a bunch of NASL guys, dude. Uh, Gael Agbasumande. Um... Nana Adekora. Two defenders, yeah. Victor Pineda, who's a midfielder. Mike Santos, Giuseppe Gentile, uh, Jason Mora. Yeah, so so Agba Samunde, the biggest news from that is that NASL commentators and writers will still have to remember how to spell Agba Samunde, which I thought we were done with. Yeah, I don't think you saw. I, I mean, you notice how quickly Notch passed that off so he didn't have to say it. And then you should have seen me just kind of sigh right when I knew I had to try to get his name. So we'll we'll keep working on that, buddy. Yeah, Atacora and Gentile are from San Antonio, so at least a couple of San Antonio dudes staying in the league. Which, by the way, who the heck is going to sign Billy Forbes and when? That dude is gold. Like, someone needs to bring him and keep him in this league. It's going to be pretty good. Uh, Otherwise, we're going to have to see the Billy Forbes Scorpions out of Las Vegas 
play one on eleven next year. Nobody wants to see that. Maybe he'll have like a barnstorming team that tours the country and boosts morale in times of need to small towns. And... <laughs> the NASL traveling team. Yeah, maybe it'll be the Billy Forbes team. <laughs> Victor Pineda is from Indy Eleven. Macon Santos is from uh, Tampa Bay Rowdies, along with Augusto Munde. And Jason Moore, of course, Minnesota United. Um, out of these, how, how do you feel about these guys? Do you have any feelings at all? Um, good to see them show up their defense again. I think yeah. that was something that with their first batch of players that they're bringing back and were letting go. Uh, defense wasn't something that they really had to just had. Uh, Gabriel was the only person that they'd mentioned would be re-signed. So good to see that they're working on that. Uh, a few, I guess you could call them NASL experienced veterans. So that's a strong way of saying people who don't make you excited, but right. have been in the But league. we'll play 15 minutes, 30 minutes if you need to and be fine. Um, I think Agbosomunde and, or I don't even know if I'm saying this right. I'm just going to call him the boss because that's apparently what Rowdy's fans call him. So the boss and Atakora, I I personally think they're all right. Mm-hmm. Like boss was actually played a bunch for the Rowdies when Stefan Antoniovic was hurt this past year. And he left, rumor, rumor, but he left it's rumored that he had some personality falling out because Antoniovic came in and started again. So I think Boss is pretty solid. Nana Atakora, I've seen some mixed reactions online to the guy, but when I saw him play, I thought he was all right. Some craziness. He was one of those guys going out and earning disciplines this year, but I think some of that had to do with the fact that he lost his center back partner, Julius James, early in the season. And Scorpions were a mess last year. So I would like to see more of what what he can do. Yeah, I think if I'm being honest here, the moves I'm most excited about with that team are actually the people they brought back. True. Um, We mentioned Gabriel, we mentioned PC, who is worth noting is on a multi-year contract. So they they got the extended uh, warranty from Best Buy for him, basically, which is smart. I mean, it probably cost them a little bit extra, but we all know that it's after year one where you run into the problems on purpose. True. So it's True. good good that they ensured that uh, Manny Gonzalez is back, uh, Christian Blanet, but they also brought back Jose Angulo, who, if I remember correctly, had the best goal rate. Yeah, he was the most efficient scorer according to NASL statistics. So I, I'm I'm overjoyed to see Angulo and PC get back to this league. To be honest, I'm not happy that they'll be playing against us, but strikers, good, good move. Also worth noting that uh, Manny Gonzalez is now, he, he first of all, I think he's a local, Fort Lauderdale local guy, and he's also the longest serving striker because he let go of, I think, Sean Chin. Mm-hmm. So, so I would be very curious to take a look at how many international spots they have left. Because mm. with our understanding, they signed the winner of Ronaldo's pickup soccer tournament. Right, for to a six-month six month, contract. Yeah, to a six-month contract, and we're not sure if that's to the NPSL or if that's to the big team if you will and so if that's the case and there are only so many slots i'd be curious to see how many they have left with these resignings so that might be our homework for next I'm gonna, week i'm gonna get on that in a second and mention something about that so jacksonville armada onward to hashtag full speed ahead they really have cool hashtags man they, armada like this nautical team is like fun uh, they signed a defender named brian burke he was i think last year's usl defender of the year who was he playing with he was playing with louisville Louisville City FC, Mm -hmm. Um, and then he also, for the two years before that, played with Orlando City before they moved to MLS. So, yeah, I mean, he has some good experience. He, uh, yeah, he's six foot two, so he's going to be a bigger presence for their back line. We know how their back line looked last year. It's not a bad idea. What back line? That's the correct answer. And they also signed another guy who's six foot two, coincidence, I think, probably, named Tyler Ruthven, who played for the Silverbacks in 2011 and then played for the Red Bulls for a spell in 2012, started three straight games for them, went to Sweden for a bit, and now he's back. He's only about 26. So it looks like they've got the center of their defensive line set up 
pretty well. If nothing else, big dudes standing in the center hopefully give something for um, toughest eleven Matt Boehner to work off of. Yeah, totally. Hey, let's uh, let's do this, okay? My uh, drink is getting a little softer, so uh, mm-hmm. let's take a quick break and come back. There's some really interesting stuff I want to talk in the second part of today's pod, by the way, which I did some research into another one of the si- NASL signings for next year, and he's got a really interesting story that bridges a couple of continents. So- you mean Danny Mwanga? <laughs> you wish. <laughs> Right, my Moscow mule has been brought back to the uh, to the saddle and and lined up. So let's let's continue with Jacksonville Armada. Hashtag full speed ahead. <laughs> they signed uh, quote unquote experienced midfielder Pekka Lagerblom. Now you just talked about your theory about experience, which means not much to be excited about. But in the mid to late two thousands, he played in Germany and he played for FC Köln. He played for Werder Bremen. Leipzig. He's you know he's he's played for some notable teams in Germany. Since then, however, I mean he spent the last three or four years in Finland, Sweden, Norway, and uh, Finland again. In order. I hear it was the Ludafisk. He just kind of got enough of it. Once he had it, he was like, screw the Bundesliga. I want this. And we live all know fish snack. that the Ludafisk capital of the world is Jacksonville, Florida. Of course. So it's hashtag full speed ahead. Full speed ahead towards the Ludafisk. That's the <laughs> continuation. But it was too long to fit in that first tweet. But we all understood it. Um, he has 12 caps for the Finnish national team between 2003 and 2006. So there you go. Woohoo. New midfielder. The Fort Lauderdale Strikers, getting back to their uh, Jacksonville's Floridan brothers, the Strikers are going to have Inaria kits in 2016. Now, some of you may know Inaria from the fact that they've brought their kits to Minnesota United in 2015 with the first soccer team that they've made kits for. They are typically been known for their hockey kits. And they're also they also signed Sebastian Giovinco as as his supplier for a premium training gear. I don't know what like the other because like Adidas training gear is like lame. That's yeah, that's yeah. market value training gear. So yeah. when so when Giovinco needs a smoking jacket, uh, soft bunny slippers for his training, mm-hmm. uh, they come from Minaria. Yeah, and they're gonna get a full lifestyle collection too. Yeah, yeah they they're filled with all that kind of jargon. Their press release said, uh, "Let's see, our premium sublimation and innovative apparel technologies. We will deliver to the club state of the art uniforms that are unique in their design and utilize the best materials that maximize comfort and performance." The guy who wrote that is a Six Sigma level eight black belt G. <laughs> Probably, just just watch. I don't know. That was that's just like marketing one hundred and one, and it's just someone had to like draft something to talk about a pair of shorts, and this is what they came up with. Uh, it's interesting. I mean, they uh, they sent me a message on Twitter actually, like a, a they slid into my DMs as the youth are saying, and they were just like, "Thanks for your support." And I'd liked a tweet that Christian Ramirez had tweeted out about the jerseys, and that was it. And they're like, "Thanks for your support." You know, it's it's great to. It was weird. It was just really weird. I didn't know where it was from. I think Inaria just wants some dick pics, dude. You should send them. I think that's what Inaria is doing. They're just like getting into your DMs and being like, yeah, Jeff. I should have checked. It was send probably, nudes. It was probably like one thirty in the morning. I'll get in a scandal with some sort of like pair of trousers and that'll be it. Like with the trousers. The trousers aren't the scandal is what I'm saying. 
And that's a sentence I don't think the English language has ever seen before. The trousers aren't the scandal. So the Dabble Bay Rowdies signed uh, forward Danny Moanga, former MSL, M- MSL, MLS Super Draft number one, yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's the Rowdies, what, third one? Yeah, Salgado, Adu, uh, Moanga, those, like, other dudes as well. Uh, yeah. No, they're uh, they're on fire with that. He's only 24. I feel like, and every time they sign one of these number ones, I'm like, okay, so they're signing a 31-year-old because I've been hearing about them for, like, five years. And, uh, yeah, he's he's still there. He played 61 caps with the Union after being drafted, scored 12 goals. Um, let's see. Then he bounced around a little bit to the Timbers, to the Rapids, to Orlando, to the Window, to the Wall. He's six foot two. He's from Zaire. I don't know. I mean, like, to me... He's uh this is our third guy that we've talked about who's six foot two, by the way. So your height of the day by Toughcast is six yeah, foot two. That's what you gotta do just to get signed by an ASL is grow a little bit. Pretty much. I don't know. Does that seem like a good fit to you? I I don't see. He's not the fastest guy. And their other striker right now is Tom Heineman. Well, a bunch of people have said that the guy's a washed up NAS MLS dude, so like what can you do? I don't know. It might be a good time for him uh, to to be become kind of a revitalization project. He's going to be with a former teammate in Khalif Al-Hassan. But you got guys like Tom Heineman there, you know? So so the question really becomes who is running Tampa Bay? Are the inmates, the the, the reclamation project's going to take over? Mm-hmm. Or is this going to be a team that rallies around its veterans and, and plays better than, than their individual parts have been playing? My suspicion is the latter if it's done right. But this could e- easily go off the rails if if whatever's been holding these individual guys back becomes the issue well luckily they brought back a little bit of leadership too they brought back frankie sanfilippo who was with fort lauderdale last year and he was with the rowdies for their entire existence before that pretty much from 2011 to 2014 so he'll add a little bit of a veteran presence he's the former captain actually he's the former captain yeah not for the entire four years from what i could find but that's cool so yeah leadership should be back there they uh made a couple other signings as well they have a, a defender, Zach Portillos, who ruptured his Achilles in April in the second game of the year. No, it was after the second game of the year. Yep. He'd been starting both games so far with for Thomas mm-hmm. Rongen, if you remember, that he actually coached them. It's been such a crazy, like, 12 months it really has. for them. A lot it's of stories. tough to remember. Portillos, I think, had... I think this is the guy who actually got his start as a professional with the Rowdies. He is. I don't remember exactly, but it was kind yep. of... And he did noticeably well in the first two games that are called he wasn't mm-hmm. bad yeah i think that they won their first game if i recall something like that yeah, i remember talking about him like at the, we started the podcast right around then so i remember talking about portillo's back in the day anyway yeah, and he was a he was a three-year starter at the university of akron which is the best college soccer program in the nation you'd so. hope a kid that young can recover from an achilles mm-hmm Yep, and then they brought back a Stefan, or they brought in Stefan Antonievich. No, they brought him back. He was he yeah. was there last year, and he was CB. And oh, I don't know, man. The guy had a few mistakes. He wasn't he wasn't bad. He's huge, but he's slow, and and he get, he gets zipped mm-hmm. pretty quick sometimes. The, so, the only the only thing I'll say is that every other signing that they've made, and this is something that resonates really well with you and me, um, the only signings that we've seen so far are attackers. And so they're bringing back a defensive person, but for teams like teams like Tampa, teams like Minnesota, you want to see those kind of transfers too. So hopefully they're there. They also, um, just kind of in closing with Tampa Bay, they added an NPSL squad. This is the second straight time I've had to do this joke. They came up with the creative name of Rowdies 2. Rowdies 2, which is the sequel where they bring back Sylvester, Sylvester Stallone um to come back and he just kind of shouts at a microphone for 40 minutes <laughs> indy 11 have added forward amon zayed now this was that interesting story that i'm telling you about so this guy he's 32 
He's played for the Libyan national team, actually. Last time was in 2013, after which kind of the civil war made footballing a little bit difficult there. He's hoping to get back into their squad. But he's Irish-born, actually. Spent time with the Irish uh, youth internationals. He, he went over to Libya when it became clear that his caps for Ireland had dried out. The really interesting thing about him, though, is that he started out actually in the Irish Premier Division, their first division, and he did really well. In fact, he was the 2011 Player of the Year with Derry City in Ireland. But then when you read his profile, it kind of goes a little strange after that. He goes off to uh, Iran uh, uh, for, for three years. Then he ends up back at Ireland for a couple of years. And then he goes off to Malaysia, where, interestingly enough, last year he played for a team called Sabah and his strike partner was El Hajduf. Hey, right. It's a name I recognize from the middle of the two thousands. Right. All right. So, so really random. And my thing looking at this was just like this guy's. And you, you look at his goals. You look at his games played in Ireland. He was pretty prolific. This guy is not like a a, a dude who has just been sitting on the sidelines. Uh, he was really good. So, so my question was, why did he go off to to play in the Middle East? At, what was ostensibly the height of his career. And there was an article from a couple of years ago where he essentially talks about leaving Ireland and why. And he said, you're out of a contract at the end of the season and while you might get something sorted right away, clubs don't want to pay you until mid-January. Uh, to me now, that sounds familiar to the NASL. You know, right? <laughs> yeah, it does. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, you, you, then he goes on. When I was at Derry, Barry Malloy worked in Tesco and had players also do bits and bobs here and there to get by. You had to. When I was uh, when when I finished the season, I got my P forty five from the Shamrock Rovers and signed on the social welfare. That's the benefits, mm-hmm. uh, social benefit mm-hmm. in Ireland. And then he goes on. When you go down there, some people recognize you. They'd ask you how are things at Rovers, but I'd just say, well, not great. Clearly, I'm not down there. I don't know if it's embarrassing. If embarrassing is the word, but when you play football, you like to think there's a little bit of prestige. You go from playing in front of a few thousand people, people there support you, and little kids who look up to you, to signing on or getting part-time work. Now, all of this to me, like I just said before, sounds so familiar to what our guys in the NASL have been doing for many years. Now, that's changing with a little bit more money in the league. But still, a lot of the guys in this league still have other jobs. So, so that's why this guy went off to Malaysia, for example. He said the 52-week contract was... He, he couldn't say no to that. The other thing is that in Malaysia, he was actually brought over by an Irish, uh, former Irish player who he knew, who was coaching the team as well. So it's, uh, it's, it's interesting. It's it interesting is. to see. I would say that probably my biggest takeaway from that then is he's someone who obviously recognizes when a situation isn't a profitable one. And so I don't want to suddenly turn this into a, a league you know, economic lesson, but it does say something that he, I mean, he obviously is looking, he looked at all of his options. He played in Iran, they were, um, played in Malaysia. And if he's willing, you know, to go global, like super crazy global for someone who's an international player, and he's willing to say, yep, the NASL will be sustainable and I'll be able to focus on my soccer here. That says something about where the league's at now compared to where it was two, three years ago. True. Or a year ago. Or he might have turned out to be another Leo Mora and buzz off after the spring season you know, because he and go off and play in India. Who knows? Who, Who knows? knows? Uh, but you're right. I I would say that signs point to what you're saying being correct. And uh, I I just think it was interesting that you know you hear so much about the British Isles, you hear so much about the Scottish League, the English League, 
But I remember, again, reading an article earlier this year about the Irish League and how it's kind of the pits and attendance is not much better than you see for U.S. soccer at best, if not it's if not worse than U.S. soccer. Mm-hmm. So you wouldn't expect that. You wouldn't expect that. That international team ain't that bad, man. So to, to have this guy who is 33, uh, 32, come to Indy 11, that, that's, that was an, that's an interesting thing. And, and his story kind of tells us a little bit more about world soccer, which... I was I was glad I uh, I read this stuff about him. Sure, they made a second signing, and uh, not nearly as much to go into with the second signing. Uh, not saying that he's a bad fit. I mean, it's Neil Schaefer, who's a 26 year old midfielder, played college soccer here, a couple of PDL squads here and there, went pro with the Pittsburgh Riverhounds in 2011, then spent two years with the Harrisburg Islanders, including a campaign that saw them go to the 2014 final. And like I said, he's only 26. So maybe he'll be able to get some minutes for them, too. I think the 11 are actually up to the Indy 14 with how many players they have on the roster right now. Um, or what's their campaign right now? Campaign for 16. I think that's their slogan they want Yeah, with. they're doing some, like, weirdo uh, political-themed, like, uh, images of, like... And you uh, say Ubi Parapovich running for president. Yeah. This stuff some, like some, that. Yes. It's, it's marketing. It's, it's, I've seen worse. Yeah, no, very Florida's uh, official other team, (laughs) which like cost them a lot of money to make. Mm -hmm. The strikers had that as their slogan at the start of the year for just about like a couple of weeks until they realized how stupid it was. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, apparently it cost them a lot of money. I wouldn't doubt it. I mean, because people come in and, you know, there's a there's a boardroom of like 20 to 30 people who sit around and say, yep, that's a good idea. And they all get paid for it and they probably all got free whiskey. So there you go. Ryan Richter went to Bethlehem Steel of FC of USL. Mm-hmm. I wasn't expecting that, man. I wasn't. I thought he'd stay in the league. He did say something in his press conference that he was excited to be back in the Philadelphia Union family. And he, he had been with them before. Bethlehem Steel is their USL partner. Philly Union even tweeted something when he was signed along the extent of good to have you back with the group. Ryan and that's very clearly where he's at so the usl contract i would guess is just so that he doesn't count on their roster right now unless he gets called Mm. up and he proves himself but it looks very clear that he sees this as a stepping stone to get to the union who were one of the weaker teams in the league this past year and so if there was a team that you're going to sign with and immediately get playing time it's probably them so it looks like this is just kind of a step in the direction for him or it's going to be a very obvious sign and I would think that he would then go back to NASL if that doesn't work out rather than stay with the USL. But who, who knows? knows? Who knows? Right. Who knows? He's going to meet a lot of now USL people who might want to keep up with him. Although I think NASL probably has more money at this point. I would agree with that. Carolina Railhawks bring back goalkeeper Akira Fitzgerald. Big surprise. The guy's been a stalwart over there. Uh, I feel bad that his MLS days didn't last, but uh, he's back. Another thing I want to quickly, before, before we close out the part, I just want to say Bethlehem Steel FC. They are also one of those teams that stole, stole a world football name. Mm-hmm. When I was looking up Eamon uh, Zayed's career, he played for uh, a team uh, called Aluminium Hermosagon in, in Iran. So we're seeing the insidious rise in U.S. soccer of uh, ele- metal element themed teams. <laughs> Why, why can't we come up with the original names in the United States? Uh, well, we have Jeff? the Silverbacks, too, which I know is supposed to be like a gorilla, but... No, not now silver. we know. Yeah, it's Silver, and they're back. Exactly. The league is back, was what they were saying in 2011, mm-hmm. and we have Silver to boot, so invest in Silver. Actually, fun fact, this has nothing to do with it, but 
there was a study that was put out last or came out a couple of days ago that said that gold prices over the last 10 years since 2001, I actually, I think it is go back that far, have increased 8.5% and increasing by 10%. So in theory, being the most, the smartest investment you can make, any guesses? Silver. Lego bricks. <laughs> Lego brick sets have gone up 10% in value since 2001. So if you're investing in anything, consider investing in Lego. By the way, your your uh, ridiculous comment just now reminded me also that Atlanta United uh, is, is the original A, oh, initials AU. You know what AU stands for in the periodic that table? That is gold, isn't it? Augmentum. Gold. You bet. I wonder if that's why they went with Atlanta United. And their one of their colors is kind of gold, isn't it? On their logos, I think it's like a black and gold. Exactly. Yeah. By the way, before all of you go in and invest in Lego bricks, I just want to say: <laughs> Are we taking into account depreciation or just price increases? That's a great question, and all right. that's something to ask the Lego company over in like Sweden or wherever they're based out of. All right, apply for MBA, Jeff. Apply for that MBA. Go go <laughs> off and go off and make this reality happen. Final, and and this is actually a serious note. I just want to mention that the NASL in their press releases of signings recently has more and more, not consistently, but more and more, been saying if a player is fills an international spot in the team or not. I love that. We don't have to like guess and think and ask questions. We can just go to their press release and see when the guy is a U.S. citizen. Or, or most of the time they've been saying they either all the players have their citizenship or green cards. So you don't know specifically the situation for each guy, but but you know if a player is international, you know if a guy has a green card or citizenship. So that, that's I'm really happy with that. Oh, it, it's it's super Mickey Mouse to be like, yeah, our league only allows seven players, and then not say what. Spots have been taken up by each team. Right, and then it comes back to bite certain teams towards the middle or end of the season when they're considering who they're adding, which guess, we saw last year. Guess which teams signing reports I have looked at and did not find this information. I would then guess it's Minnesota United. Yep. I'd really like to see this information being put out there. It's kind of... I, I don't know. It just seems something very silly to hide. Yeah. No, I, I don't see a practical reason to hide it, really, but... Fair enough. So I mean, it's cool I'm to sure see. I'm sure they'd be honest if you asked them a question, but it's like, why don't I just put it out there, you know? Why, yep. why don't I just have it out there? Anyway, yep. whatever. Hopefully this becomes a thing in the NASL and everybody's doing it. Well, Jeff, we are now getting to the point where we need to close out this week. Any any final parting wisdom, any investment advice? Uh, should, we, should I invest in um, Twitter stock, you think? I think you should invest in a bright new year. That's what I say. Oh, heart, heartwarming. How about that? Heartwarming. What you should invest in is subscribing to our Stitcher and SoundCloud Thank feeds. You. you should wait to invest in our subscribing to our iTunes feed because we'll have a new one, fingers crossed, soon. And follow us on Twitter. We are at TWO United Fans. I am at Lock, Stock, Spock. And Jeff is at... At Jeff Ruder. So... Have a, have a great New Year's, everybody. Hope you have some great resolutions. We will come to you in 2016. Bye-bye.